the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. The following is a high-five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in. We are getting back in the game in 2022. We had some breaks, but once again, I am joined with the one and only Mr. Max Williams. I am Ben and Noel. We have reconvened with a great classic episode. This is one of the ones that, full confession, I used the research for this to also do an episode on our other show, Stuff They Don't Want You to Know, because this topic is just perfect. Is this Ridiculous History Confessional Corner? It can be. You know what? I absolve you of your sins, my son. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm ordained. I am an ordained minister in the Church of, of Ridiculousness, uh, as, are, as are we all, as are all of you as well, just by, you know, by listening. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's true. It's a really cool episode. It reminds me, I think I probably say it in The Thing, <laughs> literally, uh, The Thing. It reminds me of the movie The Thing, the yeah. idea of, you know, being marooned by choice <laughs> on a, an Antarctic or something somewhat of a tundra-like, um, you know, frozen wasteland where you're there, you know, doing research. and then. People go a little uh, snow crazy, um, and uh, you know you can do that with or without some sort of a parasitic, uh, shape shifting, you know, body snatcher. Yeah, yeah. This is interestingly enough. This episode is uh, one of those episodes that gifted me with a lot of trivia that was not going to make it into the show, but was still interesting to know. Such as. Did you know, folks, that Metallica has performed in Antarctica, making them, I think, the only band to play a show on all seven continents? Doesn't make it into the episode, but it is pretty metal, and this episode's pretty metal. <laughs> is, do you think that's why they did it? Was it specifically just to get the record? Yes. Yeah, they seem like those kind of guys. Oh, well, definitely. Especially Lars, total pedantic. It was probably his idea. He's like, hey, you guys, we got to mm-hmm. be the best. We got to be the only ones. Let's, let's book a gig in Antarctica. All you have to do is play Master of Puppets like halfway through, uh, and then we <laughs> exactly. can check that off our, our bucket list. He's like, otherwise Wu-Tang will beat us to it. I'm just wondering if there's a band that has done like six continents, but one of those six is Antarctica. They're just missing like <laughs> South America or something. We just never got to Brazil. That's amazing. Well, 
not to mention, what's the music scene like in Antarctica? Is it exclusively populated by weird, insane science people? Or no. is there like a, a little niche community that's playing like super, super dark black metal? I just expected it to be like solely like Sigur Ross the entire time. <laughs> right. That'd, that'd be cool. Like, that'd be cool. Oh, well, uh, Antarctica, oh. as we'll learn, is uh, has a very interesting population. You know, I think scientists are endlessly fascinating people for the most part. And uh, they also have a population of staff. You know, folks who cook the food, folks who keep things clean and do maintenance. Uh, But there aren't a ton of people there. They are living in very kind of sequestered, closed environments. And personalities can rub each other the wrong way. Also, I don't know if we mentioned this in our classic episode, but alcoholism is a big problem. And it leads to some uh, less than professional behavior. Okay, really quickly, I just have to bring this up because I literally just Googled Antarctica music scene and an article came up on journalofmusicalthings.com called Behold, the world's smallest music scene. It's in Antarctica. And here's the best part. Uh, As you might guess, there are very few bands on the entire continent of Antarctica. Nano Cyborg Uber Holocaust Mm -hmm. (laughs) was formed by two scientists stationed at a research outpost. (laughs) So they, they're kind of their, their music scene and their science scene seem to be somewhat uh, interwoven, which totally. I love. Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, people on submarines or people on long naval excursions will also seek some kind of recreation. So it's not surprising that musicians might form bands. But going back to my earlier point there, you can't blame it all on the booze, but uh, it is known that While crime is rare in Antarctica, the isolation, the boredom, the tedium, the personality clashes can lead to crime. And a few years back, we asked ourselves, what happens if a murder occurs in Antarctica? And just a heads up, I think we really lean into the law and order jokes on this one. I believe so. I wanted to Casey go back through and like remove all those Law and Order sound stingers and say, uh, <laughs> "Less, less Dick Wolf come Dick gunning Wolf, for please. us." Oh, wait! Uh, before we Dick. start, what one thing this happened? This occurred to me. I thought you guys would appreciate it. So I was watching a Law and Order marathon of different spinoffs, and I started to realize that some of the stories are very similar. Like, there's always a prom goes wrong episode, and I'm starting mm-hmm. to wonder: Did something happen to Dick Wolf? Like, Dick, if you're listening, what went down at your prom, man? Are you okay? Like, how much of this is coming from his real life? Please send your answers. We'd love to hear them. It's a very good question. And lastly, before we dive headlong into the uh, the snowbound mania that is this episode, the genre of music that uh, Nano Cyborg Uber Holocaust plays is listed as ambient cosmic extreme funeral drone doom metal or post-noise. Perfect music to be murdered to, huh? Indeed. Enjoy. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Ben Boland. I am Noel Brown. And, Noel, I have to tell you, we're exploring a very strange, somewhat dark 
story about one of my favorite places, one of my like bucket list places to travel. Somewhat uncharted, dare we say. <laughs> yes. But, you know, slightly charted. It is the continent with the smallest population out of all of the continents. In the entire area, there are a little bit over 1,000 people. And that continent would be? That continent is Europe. <laughs> Just kidding. Whoa, bait and switch. <laughs> I didn't study for that one. It's, uh, we, we all know, you can probably guess just from hearing that population statistic, it's Antarctica. What lies hidden beneath the Antarctic ice? I love it when you do the VO movie voice. You know what it is? What is it? Apparently, uh, madness. Uh-huh. Um, chaos and murder most foul. Mm-hmm. I mean, Antarctica is basically like a, a Cthulhu-esque Lovecraftian hellscape mm-hmm. by many accounts. Yeah, it is not made for people. Mm-hmm. And it, yet somehow people hang out there. Mm-hmm. And out of all the continents in the world, out of all the places on the planet where humans can exist for a sustained amount of time, this is an exception. And in many ways, the laws governing Antarctica are, we were talking about this off air, they're like the laws governing the moon. It's all for the good of uh, science. Right. For doing science. So no one can, no one country can own a piece of Antarctica as, you know, like an extension of their own sovereign territory. This place is for research, it's for environmental protection or conservation. It's not the place where humanity is going to build, you know, a stadium or a strip mall or a, another large city. Yeah, as it turns out, seven countries. Uh, we've got Argentina, Australia, Britain, Chile, France, New Zealand, and Norway. They all have uh, sort of uh, misshapen territorial claims on this icy hellscape. Uh, I'm probably uh, editorializing a little bit there. I'm sure some people think it's nice. Um, and the U.S. and Russia— actually have sovereignty over our, their own research stations for doing the science. But none of these are officially recognized in the Antarctic Treaty, which mm-hmm. is a thing. And some of them actually even uh, overlap each other. Yeah, yeah. And, this, and these scientists and these stations work together because there's literally no one else there. Right. And – when when we say sovereignty, it's interesting because it's similar to the way that a uh, an embassy would be sovereign soil, right. right? Regardless of which country or which area of the world it's located in. So there's sovereignty within these research stations and under the constraints of the Antarctic Treaty. Let's get a little bit. True crime. You want to go kind of yeah, true okay. crime? Go okay. Ahead. All Shoot. right. All right. All right. Just this is my elevator pitch. Mm-hmm. Let me know. I'm listening. If this doesn't work. All right. May 2000. Mm-hmm. Fellow named Rodney Marks, smart guy, astrophysicist. He is spending the winter at the South Pole. Wintering in the South Pole, like you do. Yes. Yes. As you do. Very popular amongst astrophysicists. He had been vomiting blood and hyperventilating. And he had not been feeling well before this, but 24 hours of vomiting, hyperventilating, and he dies. Mm. Wait, a, is, are you sure you're not describing the plot of the thing? 
it's very, it, it feels very close. Uh, at this point, we don't believe there were extraterrestrials. Did a parasitic wolf burst forth from his uh, remains and uh, uh, devour faces? No, I know that didn't happen. I'm messing with you. Well, we weren't, we weren't there. That's true. And it's an isolated place. It's pretty difficult, depending on the season, to know exactly what's happening. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and it can also be even more difficult to transport people in and out of the place, especially during winter. So when Rodney Marks unfortunately passes away, they had to store his body for months until actually late October. And then in New Zealand, the nearest, you know, quote unquote, civilized neighbor of Antarctica, they conducted an autopsy there. And this, this single mysterious death knoll, it touched off an international incident. Because as it turns out, after the autopsy, the case was ruled a homicide. Mm. And because of everything we said at the top of the show, all of these overlapping interests and uh, territorial, you know. Jurisdictions. Jurisdictions, I guess you could say. Where would you try a case like this? Yeah, and it gets complicated. See, uh, this astrophysicist was working on a U.S. base, mm -hmm. but was an Australian national, and now the autopsy is occurring in New Zealand. We're three countries deep, not even counting Antarctica. So if this is a homicide, where is the case tried, you know? The 1961 Antarctic Treaty says, as, as we have pointed out earlier, that this continent belongs to no nation. It's not – while there might be sovereignty over research bases, no country can say this whole part of this, – this whole eastern coast or whatever is ours or this whole shebang is ours. This means that – uh, there's not a clear case of who would be the law around those parts. Yeah, let me read you a little excerpt from the, I guess, abstract from the text of the treaty itself. Mm. The Antarctic Treaty, the earliest of the post-World War II arms limitation agreements, has significance both in itself and as a precedent. It demilitarized the Antarctic continent and provided for its cooperative exploration and future use. It has been cited as an example of nations exercising foresight and working in concert to prevent conflict before it develops. Based on the premise that to exclude armaments is easier than to eliminate or control them once they have been introduced, the treaty served as a model in its approach and even its specific provisions for later non-armament treaties. The treaties that excluded nuclear weapons from outer space, from Latin America, and from the seabed. So this is obviously like a very specific case, and there are certain things that are not allowed, like nuclear weapons, uh, any kind of detonation or testing of nuclear materials, or to use it as a dumping ground for any kind of nuclear waste or anything like that. But there are exceptions. Military personnel are allowed to be employed in these research facilities, of which there are numerous ones. Yeah, it's surprising. So when you, we think of Antarctica, most of us will think of this vast, frozen, Lovecraftian wasteland with non-Euclidean geometry in these hidden cities, minus the ancient alien stuff. It really, I mean, it's a desert. And we 
can only really rank civilization by the amount of research stations. There are 75, and of those 75, 45 operate around the year, around the calendrical clock. However, there is a three-month window when people can fly in and out for most of these places. And let's talk about crime. Speaking of fantastic segues, right? Uh, ooh, ooh, yeah. Can I give you some greatest hits of some of these research stations? Some yeah, of my favorites? yeah, 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 yeah. Just one that I just have to mention. So we have uh, one that's run by France and Italy called Concordia. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one by Italy alone called Mario Zucchelli. New Zealand's is called the Scott Base. And uh, my personal favorite is Norway's, which is simply called Troll. <laughs> Troll Station. Troll Station. I'm in. Maybe they maybe there are trolls in Antarctica, and the idea is if we name it this, it'll be right under their noses. No one will know. No one will question Troll Station's research, which would, of course, be polar trolls. Clearly. Clearly. But the crime. The crime. So in the U.S., where we're recording this show and where Noel and I have lived for quite some time, if you commit a crime, a lot of the – later investigation and prosecution of that crime hinges upon your location when you commit the crime. So you're either tried by a state or a federal court, and that also depends on the type of crime, right? So like a parking ticket, for instance, uh, or a, let's say, let's say something a little more serious, Um, a theft, for instance, versus a planned homicide. American courts have jurisdiction for some crimes that happen outside of the United States. Like on a ship or something like that, the, the flying an American flag, a military mm-hmm. vessel, or in this case, a American-operated research facility. Mm-hmm. And as we, as we have sort of painted here, just, just in the very beginning of this investigation, Antarctica is the opposite of straightforward and cut and dry. This is very complicated. There are experts on the governance of Antarctica, one of them being Dr. Alan Hemmings. He spent two winters at the South Pole with the British Antarctic Survey. And according to Dr. Hemmings, there are no clear legal jurisdictions in Antarctica because there are, as we said earlier, There are no recognized territories. There are just all these research stations. And of the seven countries that we named that make these territorial claims, none of them are recognized by the treaty from 1961. And as Noel said, some of them overlap. The general rule for people in the U.S. is that a crime committed by a U.S. national, U.S. citizen at a U.S.-owned research facility would be prosecuted in a U.S. court. That makes sense, right? Our citizens, our area, right? Our facilities, therefore, our rules, our legal system. And the same goes for the other countries that are operating this. That that checks out, right? So far, that seems on the up and up. Totally. But then Hemmings goes on to say, and I'll just read this quote, um, if the dead person and the alleged murderer are from different states or countries and don't recognize each other's claims, which most do not, particularly if the critical events occur away from anybody's station, uh, like, you know, wandering snow blind in the frozen tundra uh, Mm -hmm. of Antarctica uh, and, you know, uh, maybe murdering somebody with a claw hammer in the snow or something to that effect. I'm not saying I just, you know, it could happen. 
make it happen. Here. Um, you know, or at a campsite is what he says. That's his example. It's way better than mine. Uh, then it won't necessarily be clear who has jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. Right. And this becomes the crux of the complication. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Ben, my favorite spring cleaning takeaway is that post-clean clarity that you get where you're like, wow, how have I been living like this? Yeah, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless and Mint Mobile has phone plans for just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Y'all, it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. And use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at highfivecasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at highfivecasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at high5casino.com. High Five Casino. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. As far as Dr. Hemmings knows, there's never been a criminal prosecution for murder committed in Antarctica. And I'm going to go on record here on our show and say that I think there were probably murders that occurred in Antarctica over the span of human history. We know that there is violence and vice in this continent, and we just brought up a real life example. That claw hammer thing happened. Yeah, no, the claw hammer thing actually happened, not not in the way that I uh, speculated earlier. But um, in 1996, there was an incident uh, at an Australian facility where a cook in the galley attacked one of his uh, fellow uh, workers with the back end of a claw hammer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, no one was killed. It ultimately resulted in both uh, both guys getting stitches. And they actually ended up having to call in the FBI, uh, which set kind of an unusual precedent here, because like we were saying earlier, typically they can deal with this stuff in-house. Yeah, um, ru- uh, routine offenses, right, are usually... Usually what happens is the person gets fired. The contract, their their contract is not renewed or their grant if they're a scientist, you know. And without that contract or without that grant, you can't go to Antarctica. You know, That'd be a bummer. 
that that would be that would be a bummer if that was like your thing you know that's how you define yourself was i am mm-hmm. i am an antarctic uh, uh galley cook and this uh visitors can also be banned yeah uh, in this ap article there's this fantastic line it's just tossed off very casually and i adore it uh it says visitors who taunt the penguins and seals mm-hmm. <laughs> remove rock samples or break other strict environmental laws are normally handled by the station's chief scientist who is a deputized U.S. Marshal. A.K.A. the most interesting person to talk to, right? They're chief scientist in Antarctica. They're also U.S. Marshal. They're like, they're like the law. You know what I mean? They're the law around these parts. To me, that's, that's fascinating because we usually think of those two roles as being separate. They're very much separate in our country. I just picture them all as as being like Kurt Russell uh, or Tommy Lee Jones-esque mm-hmm. figures. And that's not the only Antarctic horror story or crime story. There, there are actually there are numerous ones. There's the uh, Russian chess game uh, wherein someone – I guess the chess game went south, no pun intended, and someone attacked someone else with an axe. Yeah, apparently uh, killed them, in fact. But that happened on a Soviet facility, so it stands to reason that it was dealt with, you know, internally and mm-hmm. with through the Soviet government. And then there's another story of a scientist who, driven mad by isolation, burned down their own station. I can't help but think all of this stuff is is just wonderful fodder for um, stories like uh, John Carpenter's film The Thing, where a team of Antarctic researchers are essentially driven mad with paranoia and, you know, with the help of, a, of an invasive alien body snatcher, chest burster kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And there's even an episode of The X-Files that follows a similar path with a an outbreak of a plague-like disease on a research facility and the accompanying paranoia that, that follows. So, you know, it's all pretty rife with um, potential for great storytelling for sure. And it, it it's something that I think can be universally recognized on some level by any human being, the psychological claustrophobia involved, right? You're in a, you're in a confined space with interaction with the same people whether or not you want it, and that leads to problems. Right now, when we're when we're describing this, you know, we're just we're just barely scratching the surface of the history of Antarctica. But the reason we are describing this is not just because it's a oh golly gee, that's interesting legal problem. It's because it will become increasingly important. As time goes on for, you see, friends and neighbors, Antarctica has a secret. There's oil beneath the ice. And I did that like we're going to introduce something. Like there's going to be a boom, boom kind of signal. We can, we've already used that sound effect. Though, right, so we can, right. We can, just, uh, we can just reuse that one. Well, we'll lean on our super producer. Give, give us a cool sound cue here. Perfect. Okay, so – it turns out that Antarctica has rich oil reserves and they are rife for future exploration, which means that it is it is pretty much certain that in the near to mid future, more and more organizations, whether they are countries or whether they are 
private companies working with the country are going to attempt to tap those oil reserves, which means that more and more people are going to be living on this continent, and they're going to be people from all around the world. Australians, people from the United States, people from China, people from, like, name a country. Zimbabwe? Yeah, sure, yes. Can we just fill some time by naming more countries? Sure, uh, I, I, can, I can name some countries with you. Let's see, there's uh, also... Wait, we're not really. No, we're not really. Oh, okay, okay, good. That's a a very, that that would be very cheap. (laughs) High Five Casino Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at highfivecasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So right now we are, as a species, at sort of a Wild West stage in the legal story of Antarctica. In 2003, a professor named W. Michael Siganish said, we've got to figure something out. We need to have the countries, the nations that are active in Antarctica establish a unified criminal code. Let's all get on the same page, right? Currently, according to Siganish, one cannot easily determine whether an action is a criminal act because of the various countries involved and multiple bases for jurisdiction. This is an intolerable situation for a criminal defendant and violates any reasonable concept of due process, which is an interesting way to look at it because not all crimes are prosecuted the same way or carry the same consequences from one country to the next. You know, this reminds me of what's that? Uh, that story we did on our other podcast stuff. They don't want you to know about the zone of death mm-hmm. uh, in Yellowstone park. There's this like small area, this uh, sort of like a triangle, I guess mm-hmm. um, where the, there's no legal jurisdiction or it's like difficult to, determine where to pull jurors from right. for a case or a crime that was committed there. And a researcher by the name of Cult 
kind of pointed this out and wrote a paper about it, uh, about how, you know, how to put, commit the perfect crime mm-hmm. in, uh, in Yellowstone. After, in his defense, he only published this paper after he had contacted numerous authorities and said, hey, hey. can we fix this? Yeah. Because I don't want to, you know, I, I, we have actually had correspondence with the good Dr. Cult, right. and we we assure you he's a good guy. He doesn't want people to commit crimes. No, no. It wasn't like a tutorial, like a, like a how-to guide. It was just literally pointing to a problem, which is very similar to what we're seeing with – uh, with Antarctica, where we need some kind of consensus, some kind mm-hmm. of, you know, multi-nation, you know, panel, I guess, that mm-hmm. can address crimes committed on the continent rather than limiting them specifically to the research bases proper. Because like I said, what happens if you just, you know, go off the reservation and wander, you know, in a fit of madness and, mm-hmm. you know, commit some sort of horrible crime, what happens then if you're just like out in the wild? Right. What if there are, what if there's a situation where there are multiple assailants or multiple homicides and now we're looking at a case where we could quite easily look at a case where, God forbid, there was a series of murders, right? And multiple murderers and multiple murder victims and they're all from different countries, how how do you even begin to unpack that? How do you begin to uh, organize that that bowl of spaghetti, that bowl of cold spaghetti? Because I'm doing weather references because we're talking about Antarctica. Well, I think we should wrap up with you know the ultimate uh, determination of what happened with our astrophysicist friend mm-hmm. Rodney Marks. It was determined that he most likely drank a bad batch of liquor because that's another thing. You know, when you're bored and you're kind of marooned mm-hmm. uh, and like siloed up in these these close quarters, uh, there's, there's going to be some drinking going on. And, you know, maybe uh, folks are brewing their own home brew. And I know that, you know, when you make like white lightning or, you know, any kind of, you know, home brewed liquor, there is the potential for Poisoning yourself if you don't do it right. And his autopsy showed that he uh, had lethal traces of methanol, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, points to that that very thing. Yeah, it's a tragedy any way you look at it. And every everything we've touched upon in this episode is making me think of all the other strange stuff we can explore about Antarctica, including the Nazi proposal to create the territory of New Schwabia, which is a story for another day. I, You know what I want to know, Noel? Let us know if you've been to Antarctica. We're automatically envious. We want to hear of your adventures. I don't know. I don't think I want to go. You don't want to go? I don't think so. I'll go and I'll I will FaceTime you. I don't want to get snow murder madness. I will FaceTime you while I am in the grips of snow murder madness. Uh, dangerously psychotic, right? I'll try and talk you down, dude, but I can't, I can't guarantee I'll be successful. I kind of, just based on our friendship, I kind of feel like you might end up accidentally enabling me. <laughs> okay, well then just don't, just, you just call, call somebody else. What? All right, all right, you can call me. And you can contact us directly. Uh, you might be thinking, Ben, Noel, I have been to Antarctica. I have a story about the history of it that is not just fascinating, it's also, wait for it, ridiculous. 
We would love to hear from you. You can write to us directly. We are ridiculous at howstuffworks.com. And, you know, we're on all the usual social media channels, um, you know, Twitter, Facebook, mm. Instagram, and never Pinterest, though. Never, never Pinterest. I'm not I'm not anti-Pinterest. I just don't I don't understand it. Right. Yeah, it's, you know. Is it like a vision board? It's like a vision board. And you and I already have one of those. Yeah, it's up on the wall here in the podcast studio. <laughs> it's great. We should, we should send some pictures out. So we are off. I'm going to uh, plan my descent into Antarctic madness. And Noel, thank you in advance for saving my life. But we will be back very soon with more Ridiculous History. Thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings.